Amen. Amen. All hail King Jesus. The reason for the season, right? It's a cliche saying, but it holds true. Family is amazing, and get-togethers are fun. Presents bring us joy, but Jesus truly is the reason for the season. We choose this time in our yearly calendar to recognize the birth of Jesus Christ. And we know the history, and we know this isn't necessarily his exact birthday, but this is the day that we choose to honor it. This is the day that we choose to gather around him. This is the day that we choose to dig into the absolute miracle that God humbled himself to come into the womb of a woman, to go through every single breathing scenario that we went through as well. So that when you read in the word of God that he is God with us, you can know it's the absolute truth. Amen? Amen. Amen. Well, say hello to someone. Let them know that they look good all dressed up. Let's jump into the service. I've got an exciting message to share with you today. Thank you. Thank you, Larry. Thank you, Larry. The Hayden's power of two tonight. Yes, yes. I love, what the, uh, I love what the Lord's doing in the Hayden house. I love what the Lord's doing in the Exchange house. And so if this is your first time at the Exchange Church, welcome. My name is Andy Meyer. I'm the lead pastor here at the Exchange Church. My very beautiful wife, Christy, and I launched this church almost three years ago. February will be our three-year anniversary. And so it's exciting times here at the Exchange Church. We always love gathering for Christmas. But this is what we do. We gather around the word of God. We lift up the name of Jesus and we celebrate big time. And so if it's your first time here, you're going to hear us talk a lot about Box Church. You've already heard a lot of talk tonight about Box Church. And this is what Box Church is. So basically, we're attempting at this church to elevate reading the word of God to the same level as going to church. And the way that we're doing that is that the first Sunday of every month, we meet here at the Devon, and we have a service very similar to this, just a few less Christmas trees. And then the Sundays in between, we meet in what we call box churches. And these are home churches led by trusted individuals who have been empowered and commissioned into this community to lead communities all across Sarasota County. We have box churches meeting everywhere from Sarasota all the way down to Inglewood. And every month we read through a book of the Bible together. And then when we come back the following first Sunday here at the Devon, I then preach on the book of the Bible that we spent the previous month reading. We just wrapped up the, the book of Matthew. And so every month when you sign up for a box church or if you are already signed up for a box church, we give you one of these books. It's a, it's a scripture journal. It has the book of the Bible that we're reading that month along with some blank pages so you can take notes. And basically what we do is we give you one slice of bread at a time as we walk through the living word of God. We ask for God to pour into us. And then when we come back together to do church as we know it. We are then preaching the word of God that he's already deposited into us. And we're celebrating all that he is already doing in and through our community. And if you've been a part of it, you know it's amazing. We're a year in. We've read almost the entire New Testament together, as Larry and Becky said. That's right. It's exciting. We've basically got the book of Revelation and one more of the Gospels together. And so if you would like to come back and maybe... 
take a, uh, a test trial run with the journey that we are on. Uh, this coming Sunday, we're going to be doing a Sabbath Sunday. So that's a day of intentional rest. So it's not just a day off. It's a day where we choose to honor the Lord with our rest. And so this Sunday, we will not be having church. But then the following Sunday, we'll be back here at the Devon to kick off the new year, to kick off 2022. January 2nd, we'll have a church service and we'll offer signups and you can sign up for a box church. You can get a new book and we're going to take January and February to walk through the book of Revelation together. And so I'm sure it's going to be revelatory, literally and spiritually, hopefully. So I hope that you're excited about that. Thank you all that are already going on that journey. If you're looking for a place to call home, uh, this is a great place if you're looking to dig a little deeper. And so all of that said, tonight I want to take a few minutes to discuss with you why the Bible says Jesus's birth is so important. Ultimately, we all know this is what Christmas is really all about. It's Jesus's birth. And every year at Christmas, I pray and I ask God what he would have me share with you all. And, and almost every year since we launched this church, he leads me back to this one concept. This one concept up for discussion today, it's really the, it's the cornerstone of our Christian faith. And that concept or theology, if you will, it's referred to as the incarnation. The incarnation. Now, this is not a corsage that you give for your senior prom. Not a carnation. This is an incarnation. And so the incarnation, it's, it's, it's a absolute pivotal cornerstone of the faith that we call Christianity. And as a church, we've spent this past year reading through the Bible, just like I told you, and we've been in the gospel of Matthew over these past two months. And we've been learning about the story of Jesus and discovering who his family was and discovering where he was from and the miraculous things that he did. And we've been really digging into who Jesus was. But tonight, I thought it'd be important for us to look into what the Bible actually says about Jesus's birth. Daisha read a a little bit of that tonight, but I want to dig a little deeper for you. And so for that, we're going to be jumping back into Matthew's gospel as I read a little bit about the account of Jesus's birth. You guys ready for that? Yeah. Yeah? Okay, here we go. I'm going to be in Matthew chapter one, verse 18 is where I'm starting. This is how Jesus the Messiah was born. His mother, Mary, was engaged to be married to Joseph, but before the marriage took place, while she was still a virgin, she became pregnant through the power of the Holy Spirit. Joseph, to whom she was engaged, was a righteous man and did not want to disgrace her publicly, so he decided to break the engagement quietly. As he considered this, an angel of the Lord appeared to him in a dream. Joseph, son of David, the angel said, do not be afraid to take Mary as your wife, for the child within her was conceived by the Holy Spirit. And she will have a son, and you are to name him Jesus, for he will save his people from their sins. All of this occurred to fulfill the Lord's message through his prophet. Look, the virgin will conceive a child. She will give birth to a son, and they will call him Emmanuel, which means God is with us. God is with us. This is a similar version to the scripture that Daisha read today. It describes to us not only the accounts of Jesus coming to earth as a baby through the virgin womb, but it also tells us who Jesus is. And that's Emmanuel, God with us. This process that I just read to you, the the theology behind it, it's called the incarnation. And so since we're all Googlers, right? Anybody else a Googler around here? You got to know. You just got to know, right? So you got to Google it. I am. 
Wikipedia defines incarnation this way. In Christian theology, the incarnation is the belief that Jesus Christ, the second person of the Trinity, also known as God the Son or the Word, was made flesh by being conceived in the womb of a woman, the Virgin Mary. The doctrine of the incarnation then entails that Jesus is fully God and fully human. So in case you were wondering, that's what incarnation means. It's a pretty easy concept, right? That was a, that was a joke. That was a joke. Although this is the cornerstone of our Christian faith, it's also one of the greatest stumbling blocks when it comes to people coming to the Lord. Because we have a hard time with this, right? How can God be a man? How can God come into a virgin? How can God be born a baby? How are these things possible? And it's one of the great stumbling blocks of our faith that people actually have a hard time overcoming when it comes to surrendering to the Lord because we just don't understand how this could take place. And if you're one of those people today, I want to encourage you. It's impossible to understand because it's not something that happens naturally. It's something that took place supernaturally. The God of the universe, God, the creator, the one who spoke the world into existence. He chose to humble himself and to come down through the womb of a woman. Through the womb of a woman, he brought himself low. He surrendered a measure of his deity. Not that he was no longer God, but he chose to relinquish some of his godliness in order to come into humanity, in order to experience everything that we would ever experience, literally from childbirth all the way to death. This is why when the Bible says his name is Emmanuel, you need to know that he is not just a far off God. He is a God who is with us. He is a God who is with us. This is one of the main reasons why we do box church. One of the main reasons why we gather around the word of God is that there are certain things that you just aren't going to catch on a Sunday morning service. There's certain things that cannot be taught. They have to be caught. And you've got to surrender yourself to the word of God so that he can then deposit these things into you. And so my hope tonight is just to very briefly present to you a different perspective. And if you come to the exchange, you hear me say that a lot. And if you ever come back, you'll hear me say it again. I don't claim to have all the answers. And I don't claim to be the smartest guy in the room. But what I do claim is that I know the Lord. And listen to me, guys. I know the Lord. I know the Lord. He's marked my life forever. He took me from an atheist who grew up well into my 20s without knowing God at all. To a man of God who has now dedicated his life to serving God's kingdom because I had an encounter with the living God. And this is how I know Emmanuel is who he says he is. And this is also why I know that one moment of revelation in the word of God will change your life forever. I can preach a thousand amazing sermons and I, I preach pretty good. I preach all right. But I promise you one moment in the word of God will change your life forever. And so this is why we do box church. And this is why if you come to this church, I'm going to challenge you and your perspective. 
The simplest way that I can explain the incarnation is that Jesus is the way that God became flesh. Watch this. In the beginning was the word and the word was with God and the word was God. The word became flesh and made his dwelling among us. We've seen his glory, the glory of the one and only son who came from the father, full of grace and truth. The name assigned to Jesus' coming in these passages, it's, it's a Hebrew name and it's pronounced Emmanuel. And I've been saying it over and over and over again because if you take anything away from tonight, it would be my heart's prayer that you go into Christmas with the name Emmanuel in your head. That it repeats and echoes through your brain. That you whisper Emmanuel and ask God what that means. Because I believe there's great revelation behind us understanding that God is with us. You see, our Heavenly Father, He knows us through and through. The Bible says, even knowing we would sin, He still chooses to love us. I'm going to read that again. Somebody needs to hear this tonight. Listen to me, church. The Bible says, even knowing we would sin, he chooses to love us. I think a lot of us, even those of us who know the Lord, we live this life of regret because we think that God is disappointed in us. We think that we've made mistakes and that we're too far gone. We think that we've somehow passed the line and there's no coming back. We know that God's the God of forgiveness, but we don't know how to get out of this hole of shame that we've dug for ourselves. And we're thoroughly convinced that God is disappointed in us. So I'm going to challenge your perspective today. So listen to me clearly. In order for God to be disappointed in you, you have to have done something that surprised him. And in order for you to do something that surprised God means this person who's surprised is no longer God. Because God is all-knowing. He's the Alpha and the Omega. He knows the end from the beginning. And the Word of God says that He chose to love you, knowing full well that you would sin against Him. So God cannot be disappointed in you, because He created you and knit you together in your mother's womb, knowing that you would upset Him, knowing that you would turn against Him, knowing that you would sin against Him, and all the same while choosing to love you anyway. This is why it's important for us to know that love is a choice. It's not a feeling. You choose to love someone or you choose not to love someone. And this is why the Bible says God is love. All that is love flows from him. So that being said, he created us knowing we would turn from him, but also knowing he would be the one to save us. So in this moment right now, we are living both simultaneously in a season of rebelling against God, all the while his plan of salvation is unfolding. Think about that for a minute. We're living simultaneously in a season of existence where we are rebelling against God, all the while his plan of salvation is unfolding. God knew we would run and that in our running we would get lost. But he knew that in our wandering and confusion, we would begin yearning for the place we ultimately will call home. But in our confusion, we would have to realize that we were lost and we would have to ask for help. God then sends Jesus. 
His one and only son. Born of a woman. Fully God and fully man. And if we were to somehow be privileged enough to be witnesses in heaven. As the father was sending his son down to a fallen world. I believe it would sound something like this. What is your mission, Jesus? I will bring them life and life to the fullest. Who are you going for, Jesus? I'm not going for the righteous, but for the sinners, Father. Not the healthy, but the sick. Why are you going, Jesus? The sheep are lost, Father, and they need a shepherd. And I am the good shepherd. I will lay my life down for the flock. I must show them your love. We can't just shout our love from heaven. I will show it to them here on earth. You see, Jesus isn't an escape plan. Jesus is not a plan B. Jesus is not a fall man. God's creation did not fail. Jesus was the plan from the very beginning. He's not afraid of your sin. He's not disappointed in your mistakes. He's desperately seeking your surrender. And he sent his son to die a death that you deserve ultimately so that you could finally say, I give up and I need your help. And this is what Christmas is all about. Emmanuel, God with us. God come down. God humbling himself and surrendering himself into the flesh so that we could then be made right in the standing of our father who is righteous and demands judgment. And so his son's death covered a multitude of sins. And it says that the moment that he gave his life up on the cross, that sin was removed as far as the east is from the west. That's a global reference. As far as one side of the globe to the other. And that when you come under the completed work of the cross, it says that you're washed by the blood. You know the song, washed as white as snow. And you don't have to earn it. And you certainly don't deserve it. But in that act, in that act, he bought your way back into the Father's presence. And so ultimately on Christmas, when we celebrate the birth of our Lord and Savior, we celebrate the plan that has been spoken into existence since the beginning when he said, let there be light. And his plan has been unfolding since that moment. Jesus was God's plan from the very beginning. John 1.17 says this, For the law was given through Moses. Grace and truth came through Jesus Christ. Romans 5.18 says it this way, Yes, Adam's one sin brings condemnation for everyone, but Christ's one act of righteousness brings a right relationship with God and new life for everyone. And so I say it again, Emmanuel, 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 God with us. Say it with me, church, Emmanuel. One more time, Emmanuel. I hope that you take that into your Christmas season with you. That you speak that word, even if it's in a small voice to yourself, Emmanuel, 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 God is with us. So Merry Christmas, church. Jesus has come. Let's God, let God's will be done in Sarasota as it is in heaven. Amen.
Amen. Well, I'm excited to, uh, to share with you tonight a Christmas candlelight portion of our service. I'm going to ask that my family makes their way up here and I'm going to introduce them to you. And then we're going to light some candles and we're going to worship one more time before we call it a night. Amen.